Mishnah Aleph. The event that a man was married to multiple wives and he died without any children, he was survived by multiple brothers. And so, of course, the widows fall in Yibam to those brothers. There's a Zika between the widows and the brothers, which means that none of the widows can get remarried until the mitzvah of Yibam Chalitza is taken care of. In this so classic, a basic Yibam scenario, any one of the brothers can take one of four possible actions that will have a halachic effect. Two of them are biblical and two of them are rabbinic. Let's first discuss the two biblical options, and they, of course, are yibum or chalitzam. Any one of the brothers can choose to perform yibum, fulfill the ideal mitzvah, to marry one of the widows of his deceased brother. And what does that actually consist of? The yibum is accomplished once they come together as husband and wife and engage in a marital act. That is the kinyan of yibum, and upon performing that act, she becomes ishtul l'chaldavar, it is exactly the same as when any man marries a woman with Kiddushin and Yisuin and she fully becomes his wife in a conventional marriage. The Kinyin Yibam has that same effect. So obviously he is forbidden to all of her close relatives, as a man always is to his wife's close relatives. And what about the rest of the family? Well, through the one brother's Yibam, this satisfies the obligation for everybody involved. In fact, it would be forbidden for any of the other brothers to take any of the widows. It would also be forbidden for the brother who did Yibam to marry any of the other widows that fell from his brother. However, whereas the brother who did Yibam, as mentioned, he's forbidden to all of his Yivama wife's close relatives, the other surviving brothers are not forbidden to that Yivama's close relatives. Because you know, upon performing that Yibam, this you know, clarifies that, okay, this was the quote-unquote real Yavam. The fact that there was you know, an initial bond to the other brothers you know, falls away. It's not relevant anymore. There's no rabbinic prohibition or anything that says that the other brothers are forbidden to the close relatives of the widow who was taken in Yibam. And essentially the same points hold true in the event that the brother chooses the other biblical option of Chalitza. That is that upon that Chalitza, the Zika that previously existed between these brothers and these widows disappears completely and will be forbidden once again for any of the brothers to take any of the widows. The widows are released, they can go marry somebody else. But as regards the chalutz and chalutza themselves, the ones who actually participated in the chalitza, Allah is that the Rabbanan said we regard it as if they got married, there was that Yozika there, and then got divorced, so to speak, through the chalitza. As a result, the chalutz and chalutza will remain forbidden to each other's close relatives. But there will be no prohibition between the other surviving brothers and the close relatives of the Chalutza. Then we have the two rabbinic possible actions. They are Mimer or a Get. Mimer simply is that the Rabbanon instituted that although the biblical requirement of Yibam is simply for the Yavim and Yivama to come together as husband and wife to engage in a marital act, the Rabbanon said that practically you should first perform a, an equivalent kind of Kiddushin. A preliminary act where he, let's say, gives her money and says, you're designated to me as my Yavama. Now, biblically, that doesn't move the needle in terms of the Zika that exists between, potentially, all of these widows and all of the brothers. The Zika remains unchanged on the biblical level. But the Rabbanan said we should treat this act of Mimer as if it was an act of Yibam, in the sense that uh, no matter what happens in the future, say so he never ends up doing Yibam, so the Yavama dies. 
Still, the brother who gave Mimer to her is forbidden to marry her close relatives, except for her sister in that case. Also, he now is precluded from performing Yibam with any of the other widows. And finally, let's say after the Mimer, he decides, I don't want to go through this, I don't want to do Yibam. Allah is that the Yavama will not only, of course, have to be released through Chalitza, because again, biblically, that Zika is still there. In addition, because he did this rabbinic marriage of Yibam, this Mimer, he has to give her a get to remove the effects of the Mimer. And only then will be she permitted to marry somebody else. So in short, the Rabbanan said, you treat an act of Mimer as if he did a biblical act of Yibam. In regards to the aforementioned stringencies, the second rabbinic action that might be taken in the context of Yibam is maybe one of the brothers will give one of the Yivamos a get thinks, okay, we don't want to do Yibam here, we want to release them, so how do we dissolve this uh, Yibam bond? I'll give her a get. Of course, on the biblical level, that does nothing. The only way to release the Yivama is through Chalitza. But here, too, the Rabbanan said that as regards the different stringencies we mentioned, we treat a get, in the context of Yibam, as if it were Chalitza, which means that if a brother gives one of the Yivamas a get, he now cannot perform Yibam, just like, of course, if you do Chalitza, you can't do Yibam. And he also will be permanently forbidden to the close relatives of the woman he gave a get to, once again, as if he performed Chalitza with her. The parak begins with a dispute between Rabbi Gamliel and the Chachamim regarding whether we would attribute any meaning to a second act of either giving a get or mimer, meaning either that could be one brother doing that to two different widows, of these co-wives that were married to the deceased brother, or that could be two different brothers doing that in succession. One brother giving a get, then another giving a get, or a mimer after a mimer, again, either to one and then a second widow, or from one brother and then from a second brother. The question is, does that second get or mimer have any halachic effect? So Rabbi Gamliel Omer, Rabbi Gamliel says, no, ain't get achar get, velo mimer achar mimer. For example, one of the brothers gave a get to one widow and then to another, or mimer to one and then mimer to another, that second act of mimer has no effect, and thus he will not become forbidden to that woman's close relatives. And for sure, Once one of the biblical actions have been performed of either be'ila, which is another way to say yibam, or chalitza, once that biblical action was taken, which has the effect of completely removing any Zika bond, the mitzvah is gone. The mitzvah has been completely accomplished. Clearly, if he attempts a second act of either Yibam or Chalitza, or let's say another one of the widows, that does not create any of the prohibitions that normally apply to the woman with whom a brother does Yibam or Chalitza. Rather, if a brother does, let's say, Yibam to one widow, and then he engages in a marital act with another one of the widows, Okay, that was a forbidden act. He wasn't allowed to do that, but it doesn't make them in any way married, not on the biblical level, not on the rabbinic level, because again, it's meaningless to try and do yibam again. You're beating a dead horse. And likewise, if he does, let's say, chalitza to one widow, well then, again, the zika is totally gone, and the mitzvah of yibam or chalitza isn't relevant to any of these widows. So if he does go through the motions of a chalitza to another widow, or let's say a second brother does another chalitza, it's totally meaningless. It doesn't trigger any halacha. But the Chum and the Chum argue in the first part of what Rabbi Gamliel said, Chum say, Yesh get achar get, Yesh maimer achar maimer. Even a second get or maimer would be meaningful. 
uh, the brother would be forbidden to the close relatives of, say, that second widow that he gave a get to or did mimer with. But the Chum agree that once Yimr Chalitza was done, a second instance of Yimr Chalitza will not to trigger the prohibitions we've been discussing. So essentially, Rabbi Gamliel Chachamim have a different understanding as to how their abundance set up their decree that the Maimur again has an effect. Does it, you know, max out, so to speak, once it's done once, that's it. You have exhausted whatever potential rabbinic effect that could have so that a subsequent act of that won't count, even if it's with a different person in the even situation. That's Rabbi Gamliel's opinion. Or do we say that no? Rabban said that the fact is that there's still a law of Zika here, even after a brother did mimer or get, the fact is that there's still a Zika. Biblically, they still needed the Yubim Chalitza, and therefore the subsequent getter mimer also could take effect. If it's done with another person, then that will take effect.